It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. That's right. On a Fat Tuesday, KT here, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, PSBR Law. You can go check it out. The best in personal injury in SoCal for a long time. Now here in the Vegas Valley, their fourth year. Good pal Brian Panish spending a little more R&R time in Hawaii. My goodness. Who'd have thunk it, man? Panish, the big Fresno State guy. He's not going to be here for Fresno State playing Boise State. Why can't he go up there and freeze his butt off, man, instead of being nice and relaxed over there in Hawaii? But he earns it. Does a great job. The top firm in SoCal for a long time. Like I said, now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley. Personal injury, you may not need them now, but you may need them in the future. Jot the number down. Put it away for safekeeping. 702, you got the area code down for Vegas. 830-9353. 830-9353. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSBR Law. Com. Ken Thompson in the PSBR Law Studios. Special guest last Tuesday of every month, my good buddy, Rob Rishi, Farmers Insurance. Rob Rishi, great to have you. Big NFL fan. You send me one more losing parlay. You're done, my man. Hey, but it's good. Just go against it. So it's a lock to bet the other side. So yeah, you can't but it's a parlay. That. You're hitting one out of two. I mean, what are you doing here? I, I know. I got to stick to the uh, straight bets. Last year, you were so solid with your little parlays, Rob. Yeah, this year's this year's like the Rams season. It's it's over. There you go. <laughs> That's right. And then, of course, we bring in one of the most recognizable voices. Yes, none other than the most misnamed guy in all of Las Vegas, Chris Wynn. Oh, always good to join you, KT. Always good to join you, KT, here on a fat Tuesday as we're on the back end of November, but smack dab in the middle of all kinds of sports action going down, my friend. KT, Rob, and Mark, talk about the action of the FIFA World Cup in full swing. College basketball all over the place, NBA, NHL, and you name it, of course, NFL, and we are getting into the, the, the knee-deep of it. In college football, as you get the uh, rankings out, where we get to see the teams that are expected to be playing for a national championship later. So, always good to be a little sports sex radio action on a Tuesday, KT. There you go. And we will start it off 
Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard, and then we will get to the biggest score of the day. Stay tuned. But I do have to get the NBA at the top. Why? Because my Knicks were traveling to the Motor City to oh, take on no, Seawind's Little Pistons. That's right. And it was Say Ju- it ain't so. Julius Randle's birthday, no doubt. And he <laughs> drops 36 on the Pistons, 140 to 110. My goodness, the Knicks, 140. I mean, just I just got to look at that score and make sure that it's real. <laughs> Minus four, Knicks get the win. Game flies over the total, 140 to 110. Again, Randle on his birthday, 36 big ones. Meanwhile, Clay Thompson misses a last-second tying bucket from three. No good. Mavs win it 41 for Doncic. 116-113. That game barely gets over the 227. Hits 229. And right now, late second quarter, Blazers up in Portland leading the Clips by 6. 59-53. Those are three NBA games. We'll keep tabs there. Meanwhile, college basketball, some good ones going. But the real problem is with a powerhouse program over the years. The Louisville Cardinals. This team, year in, year out, always tough. We know the Patino problems. They bring in Chris Mack, comes over from Xavier, and then he struggles, so he's out. So they bring in one of their own, 1985. Kenny Payne comes over, takes over. They lose their first three games by one point, and tonight they get buried at home by Maryland. Louisville Cardinals, 0-7. My goodness, Rob Rishi, you don't know college basketball outside of Mizzou. But you do know Louisville. Yeah, there were probably some seasons where Louisville didn't lose seven games all year. They were they were that good and that powerful, so a real shocker. Yeah, no doubt about it. Speaking of Wichita State, I believe they lost to Mizzou in overtime. Your boys got them nice. in OT at the Cook Center. I'll go over and confirm that score. See when. How shocking is that to see the Louisville Cardinals men's side 0-7 to start the season? Super surprising, no question about it, KT. But talk about some of the matchups tonight in college hoops, my friend. You talk about the Big Ten ACC Challenge going down, the Big East Big 12 battle. You already had a major upset there as Marquette knocks off number 6 Baylor by 26, KT. Yes. In that matchup and that tilt there, and you've got a couple of tight ones going on in that ACC Big Ten Challenge with Wisconsin and Wake Forest going at it, 74-73 there in the second half, and Michigan and Virginia, the Cavaliers undefeated after coming here to Vegas and playing in a tournament over the holidays, 58 all in that tilt with just under eight minutes left there between the Wolverines and the Cavaliers. There you go, and I've got my buddy James, who's a listener to the show. He lives just outside of Madison. He is there at the Kohl Center. 12 seconds left in that game. Wake Forest leads at 74. 473, Virginia 60, Michigan 58, Virginia going off a four-point road favorite. They were down 14 at the half, but have stormed back to take a two-point lead. Still 728 to go there at the half. San Diego State struggling with the Anteaters of UC Irvine, 32-30 at the Vieja Center. We'll keep an eye on that game. Also, Fran McCaffrey and Iowa, big second half pull away, beat Georgia Tech handily by 16. Why is that good? Because Chris Wynn laid 15 and a half. That was the number. <laughs> Iowa gets them 81-65, to 65, and that Marquette win over Baylor. I could just imagine my good buddy John Morris, voice of the Baylor Bears, saying, what the heck is going on here in Wisconsin? 96-70, to Marquette all over Baylor. They win it handily. It's a pretty good Marquette team. I liked them. They were plus 5.5, but Baylor gave them some respect, didn't play the game, wanted to see it play out. And I wish I had played Marquette because I kind of lean that home court right around now. Football kind of dissipating in a lot of these areas. Teams focusing in, fan bases focusing in on college basketball. So we'll keep an eye on some of these games that are still going. Number one, Houston, by the way. First time since 1983, the Cougs are number one when they had five slamma jamma, of course, back in the day. 100-52, to they pummel Norfolk State, laying 26.5. They win it by 48. Kelvin Sampson has one heck of a squad there. They will be heard. 
from big time in March if they stay healthy. All right, lots going on. Uh, let's go to the, what's happening on the ice. Golden Knights not in action tonight, but there are three games going right now. Calgary doubling up on Florida, 4-2, to two, 10 minutes to go, third period up there in Alberta. 3-1 to one, Washington in British Columbia leading Vancouver, 12-20 to go, second period in Seattle and the LA Kings. High-scoring game. You got the over in this one? You're laughing all the way to the bank. Total is 6. It is 3-2 Kraken. Still 3.05 to go in the first period. My gosh, if you can't get six if they don't get to six i might have to send chris Wynn to walk back to detroit i won't walk back to jersey because i've gone out on the limb too many times and i could just see mark hoke texting me hey uh by the way three two seattle beat the kings last night thompson start walking so i got to be careful on those because i will live up to those uh you know guarantees if i say something i'm gonna have to do it you've seen it on the website many times with the colored hair and the nails and all this different crazy stuff over the years. Finals from earlier in the NHL. San Jose shut out Montreal 4 nothing. Nice effort by the Sharks on the road. 3-1. Boston continues to play incredible hockey. Bruins, best record in the NHL. 3-1. They win at home against Tampa. Carolina surprises Pittsburgh on the road. Beat the Penguins 3-2. Philly, nice night for Mark Hoke. They cool off the Red Hot Islanders 3-1 in the city of brotherly love. 2-1. Nashville doubled up on Anaheim. And Winnipeg shut out the Colorado Avalanche. Five nothing. When's the last time C win? You remember the Avalanche getting shut out five zip. KT, weren't the Jets a sizable plus money on this game too? That's a little bit of a surprise coming out of the uh, off the ice there between that uh, that Jets Avalanche game. There you go in Manitoba. They were just plus one fifteen, but okay. you'll take it one twenty uh, on the overnight. But nonetheless, just a shutout, Colorado. Very impressive. Rob Rishi, you're a big hockey guy. Growing up with the St. Louis Blues, who really were struggling big time till they came here and beat Vegas, and then all of a sudden the Blues got going. But you're a big Golden Knight supporter as well. Tell everybody real quick a little bit about Farmers Insurance and your love for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and for, to get back to the Avalanche, I thought maybe Russell Wilson was was out there for the Avalanche tonight. That's how bad things are in Denver. Let's ride. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, by, Rob, before you get rolling, you have one assignment, just one and one only. Every time you come on, last Tuesday of every month, Rob Rishi needs to bring minimum two new listeners. I need their favorite sports team. I need their favorite band. Rob Rishi, did you do your homework? I did my homework. Came came through. They're both from Gateway Fire and Security, which I kind of like because hopefully you use them. You won't have to use us for home insurance because it's going to be secure and fire protected. First guy is Mike Johnson. Favorite band, Def Leppard, an awesome choice. Favorite team, Las Vegas Raiders. He grew up as a Raiders fan. He was All right, so if he grew up a Raiders fan, just call him the Raiders. Okay, okay. all right. That's easy enough. The, I just Ra- wanna, the Raiders. I love reminding people we have a team here, Las Vegas. There you go. Next guy, Jonathan Hill, same company. Uh, favorite band, Hall & Oates. That's a first-timer for us on the show. And his favorite baseball team, it is called Gateway Fire and Security, and that would be the St. Louis Baseball Cardinals. Wow. there's a, See, I knew all this was leading to that freaking right. city under the arch, that's man. Right. Unbelievable. Goldsmith MVP. You got to love it. Yeah, he, you know, well-deserved, too. And, I, again, I, you know, you get a 10th straight Golden Glove from Arenado as well. So how they ever stole those two guys, it's unbelievable. You just look and you say, how did they get Goldschmidt and Arenado? But they did it. And uh, your Redbirds, outside of getting beat by the team that made it to the World Series, Correct. the Phillies, I mean, shocking that they gave up that six-run ninth. I think that was the only time all year that they blew a multiple-run lead in the ninth inning, right? It is That is correct. And what's funny is Mike Thompson, the guy I mentioned, I'm, I'm sorry, Jonathan Hill, the last time we saw each other at Winchell's was, was today to watch the soccer game. And before that, it was the day the Phillies got six. Wow. It was brutal. We, right. we were still still suffering. All right, yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, because what might have been. But you got right. the Goldschmidt Award, yeah, yeah, MVP, well-deserved, and you got the Arenado Golden Glove. 
when Wayne Krivsky makes it back in town, we'll go over all those awards baseball-wise. We all love baseball, but really focusing in on football, lots of football. And they call it football around the world, but we call it soccer here in the United States. And the U.S. of A. got draws against Wales and then England. And that was key against England because it set them up in an all-or-nothing match today with Iran. Iran needed a tie. The United States needed a win. They got a goal late in the first half by Pulisic, Pulisic, whatever way you call him. I don't care. Whatever Christian wants to be called, I'll call him. Because this kid, uh, pound for pound, is one of the greatest soccer football players in the world. He is not a big guy, but my goodness, does he throw his body around with reckless abandon. And he did it today. And if he hesitated just an instant, the United States would not have scored late first half. But he got the goal. He went down, had some injury to uh, midsection, didn't know, came in uh, after going off the field for a little bit, came on, finished the half, never came out of the locker room for the second half. So the United States had to roll without him. They held on crazy and scary as it got, and they beat Iran 1-0, and they advanced to the knockout stage, down to the, as we call it here in basketball, college hoops, the Sweet 16. They will play Netherlands on Saturday Early morning, looking forward to that, taking on the guys that wear all orange and came away with another victory against host Qatar today, 2-0 in their bracket. Meanwhile, Senegal, and I got to mention my man, uh, Mate, he's got an incredible uh, love of Africa over in the in town square, just a phenomenal store. I mean, all these artifacts and different uh, headdresses and all different uh, pottery and everything you can imagine that comes from Africa. Well, he hails from Senegal. How happy was he after Senegal squandered a one nil lead against Ecuador? They had to win as well. Ecuador, all they needed was a draw. But Kobali in the 70th minute erased a goal that Ecuador had gotten three minutes before thinking they were going to be on to the knockout stage. Senegal advances, takes care of business. They will play England in the knockout stage. England took care of Wales big time, 3-0. And as I told you, Netherlands took out Qatar by a 2-0 score. We'll get to some of the other matches coming up uh, for tomorrow. And uh, Belgium on the ropes, they need a win. Germany on the ropes, they need a win. So it's really, really interesting the way things are rolling as far as the World Cup. It has been very exciting. But for the United States to move forward, that is big time. Update real quick, Virginia, Michigan, college hoops, tied at 65, 306 to go from Ann Arbor. 78-75, Wake Forest leading at the Kohl Center, just one second showing on the clock. Second half underway, San Diego State up three, early second half against UC Irvine, 35-32. We'll keep an eye on all those games, and in the NBA it is at half now. The Blazers, just in case you had that first half line, 61-53 lead the Clippers in Portland. That total, 211 for the game, sitting at 114 at the half, and the Blazers on the Westgate Superbook line, minus three and a half, minus four pretty much everywhere else in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, uh, producer Mark Hoke, doing a great job. Do not forget the Mark Hoke Show. You like professional wrestling? You will love this show. The guy had 25,000 downloads like in one day last week. This guy's popular. Andrew Fishfane, Monday nights. Fish Tank, trust the process. Fish does a great job. He hosts Monday. Producer Mark chimes in. These guys do it Sunday, though, 8 to 10 a.m., professional wrestling at its finest right here. Do not miss it live from Vegas. We are going to take our first break of the evening. We're going to come back. We're going to hit the NFL hard. Lots of big games from last week. Lots of big games coming up this week. It is SportsX Radio. I am Ken Thompson, live PSBR Law Studios. Folks, we're just getting going. Got another hour and 40 minutes. You keep it right here, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. 
so hard to cut off great music, but we know the deal. When Rob Rishi is here, last Tuesday of each month, Rob Rishi, chime in. I love it, Mark. Thank you. And, and that's one of my favorite songs. I even like to change the title a little. I call it Heather's on Fire, because when I grew up, Heather Locklear was on fire. There you go. Now, I actually have some friends that grew up right in that area, West Covina area, and we hung out. Tommy Lee, Heather sure. Locklear, yes, have uh, some connections there. Uh, by the way, I just want to uh, get a little bit more details. Mata Diacate. This is my man. The name of the store over there in uh, Town Square, and I just want to make sure, We Bring Africa to You is the, uh, is the whole deal, but it's Africa Love. And it's right there in the center of Town Square, right there, South Las Vegas Boulevard. Go in and see Mata. He's got everything there. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable. And if you are a Senegal fan as far as World Cup, go in there, see Mata. Trust me, he will take care of you like none other, but he'll take care of everybody. This guy, he is true love. I love this guy, my wife Christina. He First thing he asked, how's Kiara doing, my daughter? This guy is all heart. He is all soul, and he's got an incredible store over there, and it is big time. I mean, it's just please go in and say hello. Say you heard it on SportsX Radio. Ken Thompson heard him talking about Yamada, and it's M-A-R-A, Diakate, and he is fired up because he thinks Senegal is going to take out England. That will be fun in the knockout stage. So wanted to get him in there and uh, make sure that you go see him. We'll have him as a sponsor down the line. Mata, get ready. I'm coming over. Get that checkbook out, man. Got to get your uh, uh, sponsorship over here on SportsX Radio. Uh, getting the uh, thumbs up for my new business uh, manager, my producer, Mark Hoke. So he's uh, telling me, KT, it's great that you have all these friends. Get them on the air. Get them to get them to support SportsX Radio. And all of you can email Ken at SportsXRadio.com that want to be a sponsor on the show. All right, Rob Rishi in studio, Chris Wynn in studio. Guys, lots of great NFL games this past week. Good stuff. And uh, looking forward to another big week as far as NFL football. But let's go back to some of the big games. Not that boring game last night with the Colts. My goodness. Although, Pittsburgh taking care of business on the teaser to the over. Packers playing pretty tight against the Eagles, 40-33. to 33, But the Eagles see when they got us the money, minus the 6.5. Yeah, I was getting a little dicey there down the stretch, but uh, both teams missing extra points in this game, KT and Rob, which, of course, always you know is nerve-wracking for betters out there when you've got the hook on the line and the Eagles are able to uh, basically run past that Green Bay Packers squad, right, KT? I mean, you want to talk about the run game. Jalen Hurts, just a monster game on the ground from a running standpoint as well as uh, through the air, I believe the first player to have, uh, what, over 150 yards, both passing and and rushing uh, in in forever when it came to the NFL. So uh, just an unbelievable game for a guy right now that is the front runner as the MVP in the National Football League in Jalen Hurts. And a, and another surprising guy probably right there behind him in Tua Tagovailoa down in Miami. So uh, a little bit of surprise as far as what the, the MVP race looks like in the NFL. Now, Rob Rishi, people say, hey, hold on. Patrick Mahomes took care of your Rams. Your Rams so beat up. Matthew Stafford, of course, not playing, but half the team seems like they're not playing. Even if they're on the field, they're not playing. 26 to 10, KC just going through the motions. Right now, Rob Rishi, if you had a vote, would it be Patrick Mahomes? Would it be Tua Tungavailoa? Would it be Jalen Hurts? I, I go with Patrick Mahomes, and the reason I say that is he lost... Uh, Tyreek Hill, they, um, he's, he's, it's almost like whoever they put at receiver, he's still gonna make them great and, and great might be a strong word, but I love Mahomes, I love, uh, 
he's just, uh, gosh, he's one of a kind. He is. He's ambidextrous. He's a guy who grew up, his dad was a major league pitcher, and uh, he learned how to throw from all different angles. Even that Bernie Kosar sidearm angle, he's good at that as well. Mahomes is solid. All right, big-time game right here for our guys in silver and black. The Raiders come up big. Looked like they were done a couple different times, but came up big-time. Carlson nailing a field goal, getting the game into overtime. And then Josh Jacobs with the 86-yard run puts the game away. Jacobs finishing with 229 and two touchdowns on the ground in 33 carries. Had another bunch via the airways, 303 total yards. And the Raiders beat Seattle 40-34. to And Rob Rishi, this is not just any Seattle team. This is a Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks team. We're like, Geno Smith, like, we never thought this guy would amount to anything, but he's having a phenomenal year. I mean, he threw for 328 and a couple touchdowns in the loss, but the Raiders, that's a big-time win. Back-to-back overtime wins. Look, sitting at 4-7 and seven doesn't look good, right? But if they beat San Diego, I was going to say San Diego, if they beat the Chargers here on Sunday, they turn right around and go to L.A., SoFi, second trip there because they open the season there against the Chargers and play the hapless Rams. I know they're the defending Super Bowl champions, but if somehow the Raiders win those two games, they're sitting at six and seven, four games to go. You never know. You never know. And, um, the, you know, to have that run game is just so valuable, and, and it's great to see. And Josh Jacobs just, he, um, you heard cheering when he was running down the field. Some of those cheers are anybody that had him on their fantasy football team like myself because when a guy goes 86 yards, it's, it's a big number. Yes, and Chris Wynn, of course, we remember Bo Jackson lighting it up, running through, uh, you know, that Seattle defense and uh, Bosworth and plowing him over and had that big game. It was 30 years ago that they did that this past weekend. And, of course, Josh Jacobs coming up big. 30 years later, how big a win is that for the city of Las Vegas? Because it keeps your interest peaked going into this week. And we saw the Raiders last year sitting at 6-7. and seven. Nobody really thought they're going to close 4-0, and oh, but they did. So it just lets you know, you know, it may not look good when you're sitting at 2-7, and seven, even though six of those games were six points or less. But somehow finding a way to win two close ones in a row, both going an extra session, but they got it done. It's big, KT, and make no mistake. Look, Jacobs finishing with that franchise record, what, 229 in change and two scores in this game. You talked about us being able to kind of wax poetic about Bo Jackson back in 1987, November 30th there at the Kingdome, where this is back, obviously, when these were two division rivals, right, in the Seattle Seahawks and the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, they were the Oakland Raiders at the time, obviously. But then again, hey, uh, this is uh, two straight wins. It's big, KT, for, for, for the Vegas Raiders because you get two Two wins, uh, one against uh, your division rival now, and then of course the win against Seattle, and now you've got uh, you know Josh Jacobs coming off a game. And by the way, not bad for a guy that was what listed as questionable for the game with that calf injury to go out there and have that monster performance that he had as someone that was present for Barry Sanders when he had that uh, incredible game down in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers where he had two touchdown runs over 90 yards. That was an extraordinary performance by Josh Jacobs on Sunday, and it was kind of a validation for a lot of us, and I say us because I was one of them, that think Josh Jacobs is a top-tier running back in this league, and he, he was absolutely putting that on display on Sunday against the Seahawks. Another one of those first-round picks who did not have that second contract picked up, mm-hmm. but he comes up big time, and and now, 
Mr. Davis, hate to say this, but you better grab that Brinks truck and bring it around for old Josh Jacobs because you're going to keep him. There's no way you let this guy go. He'll get that second contract. He will be well paid. This guy is for real. By the way, as far as getting first downs, you would think guys like Travis Kelsey, who's gotten 57 first downs, you would think that those guys are right there, right near the leaderboard. Josh Jacobs has 80 first downs this year. The second closest, 58. Wow. That is impressive. He's turning three-yard runs into five-yard runs, and his effort is just uh, so visible. He's terrific. One more quick note to KT. How about Derek Carr? A little bit of validation for him, my friend. I mean, look, he had a a pretty solid game, and he's been someone who's been under fire you know, because of the recent struggles that the Raiders have had. And I also love Derek Carr because I know Derek, and I've met Derek, and I've gone to the church. where Derek is a guy that walks the walk, right? And you saw him as Jacobs is going into the clear, and it's clear that he's going to get into the end zone. Derek Carr literally on his knees, kind of almost like, what a relief. My gosh, we pulled off two in a row in overtime. Maybe the season is not lost. But still, you know, yes, he's been much maligned. And a guy that you hear in trade rumors and is he going to be here with the Raiders? I like Derek Carr. Again, when you have a revolving offensive line and it takes time to get continuity and cohesiveness on that line, it's big time. You've got to have protection. I will give it up for the offensive line. I thought they were incredible in Seattle. In fact, the last two weeks they have really stood up and played well together, and it's good to see. And the Raiders come away with a big-time win. So they move to 4-7, and seven, again, at home this week against the Chargers. And then a quick turnaround, go to L.A., short little road trip there. Can they get both these games? I know you got to do the coach's cliche one game at a time. At the end of the day, they get those two. They sit at 6-7. and seven. Anything goes with the Silver and Black State right here in Las Vegas. Buffalo Bills, they squeeze past the Lions on Thanksgiving. Cowboys 28-20 over the Giants on Thanksgiving. And the Vikings, a controversial 33-20. Six win over the Patriots. See win real quick. Reflect back Thanksgiving because you're a Lions guy. And this was one I thought you guys had in the bank, but it got away and the Bills found a way to win. Yeah, another game in which the Lions are in a football game, right? Where they're right there with a team that is absolutely superior to what they are. And the Buffalo Bills, what they get their fifth, or excuse me, their second win in five days at Ford Field. Of course, they played the game on Sunday there because of the weather issues in Buffalo and were able to get the win there as well, too. Tyler Bass with a tie-breaking 45-yard field goal, the difference with two seconds left. So, look, I, I really hate this, and, I'm, and as all NFL fans do, talking about moral victories, right? I mean, an opportunity to be in the game and have a chance to win. But, uh, I mean, that is essentially what the case is with the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, their, their young head coach. Or, excuse me, and he's not that young, but he's a, a young tenure as a head coach in the National Football League. There you go. Meanwhile, the Browns, 23-17, they get the win over Tampa Bay in overtime. Time, big time tying drive. Jacoby Brissett. Look, I like the guy. I think the guy's tougher than nails. He's an outstanding backup. He did what he could to kind of tread water for this team. I know they're sitting at four and seven, but there were several games, including the game early in the season against the Jets that they gave away. There were back to back games that Cleveland actually gave away, or they could be sitting right now at, uh, you know, right around six and five, but they sit at four and seven, but they get the win against the elder statesman, Tom Brady. Through for 246 and two touchdowns, but again, Tampa Bay having trouble running the football. White, not a bad game on the ground, 14 carries, 64 yards, but 23-17, Cleveland wins. Something missing on this Tampa Bay team, Rob Rishi. They just seem to be missing, like kind of like one of those engines where the timing's off. 
it just seems that way with this Tampa Bay offense. And I know it's been a revolving offensive line all the way back from the preseason because of injuries, and they lose another guy as well. Uh, doesn't look good for Tampa Bay outside of they play in the NFC South, the easiest division to win, and they still have a lead right now in that division. They've truly lost their wow factor, and uh, maybe Tom Brady's lost that wow factor as well. They've had a revolving door at wide receiver and um, even a tight end, and but the defense, uh, they could always count on that defense, and that's not there this year. And I, I just think, uh, like you said, they could get in the playoffs coming from that easy division, but uh, I don't think they're going anywhere very long. Yeah, right. guys, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you cannot have, what, seven straight possessions without a point. Look, I understand they have Miles Garrett. I understand defensively Cleveland's pretty solid. But uh, if you're a team in Tampa Bay that's sitting right now in no man's land at 5-6, and six, you cannot be inept, especially with a Hall of Fame quarterback, offensively against the likes of the Cleveland Browns. There you go. Meanwhile, Bengals, they battled with Tennessee in Tennessee. They get the win 20-16. to 16. Joe Burrow still playing without Jamar Chase. He should be back soon. Higgins had a big game receiving. Drop one, but still had 114 and a touchdown in the Bengals' 20-16 to win. Texans and Dolphins, my goodness, man, Miami had that big-time lead, and then all of a sudden, I looked, and I'm like, gosh, if you're going to get the money in this game, you better hold on for dear life. Good thing I had them teased, didn't have to sweat it that much. Dolphins do win 30-15, to but they pulled Tua, Tungavailoa, they pulled him early. In the fourth quarter, I think about a minute into that fourth quarter, he threw for 299 and a touchdown, was on the money. Jeff Wilson rushing for a touchdown, the new acquisition from the Niners, and Tyree Kill, that guy, six receptions, 85 yards. But the Dolphins go to 8-3. and three. They're 5-1 and one at home. I've got them over their two win totals, over 8.5, and, and then over 9 again. This Miami team, to me, is ticketed for a 12-win season if things Go right, but they're going to have a tough one in San Francisco. We'll get into this week's games. Chris, real quick, reflect on Tua. Yeah, no question that uh, to a fourth straight game, KT and Rob, without interception. You'd love the balance with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, each 85 yards through the air. And how about this Dolphins defense, guys? Three takeaways in a game that was a 30-point blowout at halftime. So you can spread around a lot of reasons why the Dolphins were able to get this win against a, you know an, an, an overmatched Texans team. Let's be honest about it. And Rob Rishi, let's look now because we remember at the beginning of the year, what was going to be the worst division in the NFL? The NFC East, right? But all those teams are over 500, including the Commanders, who got a late interception against Mariota on a ball that was tipped up in the air, in the end zone, picked off. They get the touchback. 19-13, they held on for dear life. They get the win. They get the cover as well for KT. 7-5 and five they are. Falcons dropped to 5-7. and seven. Falcons could have actually been 6-6 six and six in first place, but Washington closing in on a potential playoff spot and still waiting for Chase Young. He was back apparently from the injury, but he had an illness, so he did not play. When they have him back on the defensive line, defense that's already pretty good, they are going to be a team to be reckoned with one of those sleepers that I think now sitting at seven and five, Rob, the commanders have a shot to make the playoffs. Yeah, they started the year uh, in the NFC least and now they're the NFC beast. And uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, speaking of that division, I driving over here, I couldn't think of a reason why the Cowboys may not go all the way to the Super Bowl because people forget that Dak Prescott is still getting uh, comfortable with his team. He was out four or five games, and, and for them to dominate the run and dominate on defense like they have 
and that that division is, has been so tough. Um, I think they've conditioned themselves to be one of the front runners. There K- you go, go KT. Ahead, no doubt, right? That people are kind of sleeping on this Washington team with six win in seven games, five and one since Taylor Heineke took over Carson Wentz. And defensively, this is a team that can play football. So uh, the, the people have to start taking the squad a little bit seriously if they see them on the schedule the rest of the way. There you go. Meanwhile, Herbert and the Chargers able to rally, get a late score inside the last thirty seconds, then go for two. They get the win, twenty-five twenty-four to go. Over 500, sit at 6-5. and five. Meanwhile, the Jags, same scenario. They drive down, down 7 to the Ravens. They get the touchdown. Didn't look like they were going to be able to do it, but they drove pretty much the length of the field and a couple fourth down conversions. They get the TD. They go for two. They get the win, 28-27 against Baltimore. And then you had the Jets pound the Bears with Mike White coming in for Zach Wilson, throw three touchdown passes, and take care of business. Garrett Wilson, a couple of those touchdown receptions with 95 yards and five receptions for the game. So, Chris, real quick, reflect yeah. on the Jets, a team right now that's on, their, on its way to the potential postseason, and Mike White taking over. Yeah, no question. that uh, I was very impressed that they were able to put up 31 points in this football game. Look, I get it. It's the Chicago Bears not having a great a great season, but given the turmoil right surrounding the signal caller position there in New York with the Jets, and you see White go out there with a three touchdown passes to lead them to victory, I think that uh, is pretty impressive. And it's, it's a good reflection on Robert Saul, the head coach there with the Jets. It, it gives the indication that they're, they're a team that's going in the right direction, and they sit there right there in the thick of it when when it comes to the AFC East and playoff implications in the conference. The All other right. thing with the Jets, too, is James Robinson wasn't even active in that game, their mm-hmm. new- newest acquisition. So to do it without you know, depth there is impressive. It is impressive, no doubt. Mike White stepping up 315 yards via the airways, three touchdowns. Can he be the heir apparent that at least takes him to the playoffs this year? The Jets sitting at 7-4 and four right now, and the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets got their fans excited. Rob, before we go to break here, real quick, Farmers Insurance, a long time here in the Vegas Valley. Give me some tips, and I know you got some stuff going on right now. Uh, this time of year, very important. Yeah, a busy, busy time of year, especially as we approach the holidays. A lot of people spending more time in their home. Make sure you blow out those candles at night. I know that sounds uh, goofy, but uh, more house fires from candles uh, this time of year. They catch on fire with the tree, the presents. Uh, we're real busy with Medicare right now. It's annual enrollment period. If uh, you're confused, like most people are, give Lisa a call at our agency. Agency. Um, we see all kinds of commercials, and it's kind of even like life insurance. It's it can be confusing, and it's our job. Uh, life insurance is not a piece of paper; it's peace of mind. Give us a call. Great stuff, Rob Rishi. Of course, Farmers Insurance in his office is right there, one ninety three East Warm Springs Road, Suite one hundred one. If you don't find him there, trust me, he's in Winchell's right next door. You got that seven hundred two down three three five fifty seven forty four three three five five seven four four. 335-5744. You hear his spot playing throughout SportsX Radio. Take a break. Come back. Wrap up hour number one. We're going to get into this week's games. NFL. There's some doozies. I'm going to mark them down. We're going to get Rishi's picks. We're going to get Wynn's picks. We're going to jot them down. See who does the best. You're live from Vegas. Live PSBR Law Studios. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back.
Ah, who says you can't spin some great rock and roll on AM radio, baby? Well, we go FM as well, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. It is SportsX Radio. Mark Hoke spinning the hits, a little deep purple for the birthday girl from last night, my beautiful wife, Christina. Two of her favorite bands, her two favorite bands. Well, it's actually three. There's a, a trifecta, Led Zeppelin, Scorpions, Deep Purple. Those are the three. And then she loved Montrose as well. So... Big time, you know, old time Sabbath, but really got into a lot of that old school metal and just great music. And a ZZ Top fan as well. And uh, they've got a residency right here in Las Vegas coming up over at the beautiful Venetian Palazzo. See, Wynn knows all about that. Real quick update, college basketball. Wake Forest held off Wisconsin at the Kohl Center on the road in Madison, 78-75. Virginia wins in Ann Arbor, 70-68, but it's the uh, Maize and Blue backers that get the money. They were plus four, four and a half in that game. And UC Irvine, the Anteaters, 5-12 to go. They lead at the Vieja Center over San Diego State, 60-59, to make it 422 left in regulation. Keep an eye on those games. Only one game in the NBA, and the Blazers have opened it up big time over the Clippers, 91 91- 75 217 to go in that third quarter and then the game on the ice there's actually two left calgary tripled up on florida that's a final now from alberta six to two flames get the job done over the panthers and four to one after two washington leads vancouver five four now seattle the kraken leading the la kings still 13 38 to go in the second period my goodness could that be the one that tips the apple cart with all these unders. Can you imagine like a 15-goal game that would screw it up for you if you had the under in the Grand Salami? I think uh, the under was well ahead because one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the first seven games went under the total. It is four to one, as I told you, Washington leading Vancouver after two. So that one has a chance to go over big time in that uh a third period there. They still have a full period to play, but Seattle and the LA Kings, I mean, they can get to 15 in that game, no problem. All right, uh, real quick, Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pearson Company, you know all about what we have here in the Vegas Valley, and that is the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancer. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center under the watchful eye of Dr. John Pierce. 534-7900. Jot that number down. You know the 702 for Vegas. 534-7900. 534-7900. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. You get a detailed report a few days later from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan and calcium score special continues to run. Check out the ticker. Make sure you get it checked out. Don't have those arteries clog up. Don't have that widow maker take you down, guys. 125 for a $600 value. Your significant other absolutely free. Total 125 for a $1,200 value. Give a call now. Preventative Diagnostic Center 534-7900. PDCenterLV.com. All right, Rob Rishi, Chris Wynn. I'm jotting you guys down. I don't need any analysis. I just need your plays for this week because there are some doozies as far as the NFL. And we'll start it off with a Thursday night game. Buffalo Bills fortunate to win against Detroit. They are in New England, in Foxborough, to take on the Patriots. Rob Rishi, it is Buffalo minus four. Who do you like? Bills. See win? Definitely a dicey number there, but I'm going to take a stab at uh, Buffalo as well, too, at minus five. All right, so both guys with Buffalo there. Jets and Vikings. Vikings at home, minus three against the Jets. Rob? Vikings. Minnesota's going to keep it going. All right, both guys on the same page so far. Broncos at Ravens. Ravens minus eight, 38 and a half. We won't worry about the total, but Ravens minus eight at home against Denver. I got to go with Denver. It's too many points. Denver Broncos are going to stay within a touchdown in this tilt. Wow, interesting. All right, Steelers and Falcons. Can the Falcons get that elusive sixth win? Uh, Right now it is Pittsburgh minus one in Hotlanta, Rob. I'll take the Falcons at home. Steelers money line at plus 105 looks really nice to me right about now. Here's the first one they differ on. Titans at Eagles. Eagles at home minus five against Tennessee, Rob. Eagles. 
Philadelphia, again, keeps it going, and uh, we'll cover that five and a half. Yeah, you know you had to say that because Mark Hoke will be muting your mic just in case you didn't say Philly's going to win. Jags at Lions C1. I'll start with you, your boys at home. Plus one and a half against uh, Sunshine, and the boys are coming into Detroit. It's a little bit of uh, eye-opening for a Detroit Lions fan to see the Lions favoring the game, but I think it's justified here. Detroit gets it done against Jacksonville. Yeah, but Detroit is actually a dog now. Jacksonville is minus one and a half, so you're going to take Detroit. It already switched. I'm looking at my yes. STN sheet right here, and it's already switched it's over already to Jacksonville. Switch, yes. So yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look a little money line action then on uh, on the Honolulu Blue and Silver, my friends. Rob switched for a good reason, Jaguars. <laughs> wow, there you go, a little a little gut the shot rib. right that there. That was a rib shot right yeah, there. Yeah, right, that was KT? a good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that that did not feel good from where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh, commanders at the Giants. This is a big one inside the NFC East. Rob, right now, Washington minus two and a half on the road. I'm going to take the Giants. Barkley heats it up a little. I'm taking New York. I think uh, I'm going to take a look at the money line on this as well, too, for the Giants. All right. Browns at Texans. Texans catching seven. This is the one Deshaun Watson goes back to his old stomping grounds. There's going to be a lot of protesters there, including several of the women that brought cases against Deshaun Watson. What about it? Browns minus seven, Rob. Lots of distraction, but the Browns are going to hold on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of all kinds of emotion off the field given the circumstances of the situation, but I think that, uh, that Cleveland is going to be able to uh, probably win this by double digits. All right, so only have a minute, guys, so real quick. Packers, Bears, Rob. Packers. Uh, Packers minus four. Packers minus, minus four. All right, Seahawks, Rams. Seahawks minus seven and a half at Rams. 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 Chargers, Raiders. Raiders plus one and a half. Rob. Raiders. Raiders money line. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, Chiefs, Bengals. Chiefs minus two at Cincy. Rob. Chiefs. Bengals. Money line again. Colts at Cowboys. Cowboys minus 11, Rob. Cowboys. Cowboys by 20. And the Monday night, beautiful Monday night game. Saints at Bucks. Bucks minus three and a half. Rob. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers right the ship, no pun intended, and uh, take it out on New Orleans. And I'm taking the 49ers over the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, 49ers, Niners minus four. See win? I'm taking San Francisco. Yeah, it's hard to go against that defense that has four consecutive shutouts in the second half of games. Rob Rishi, appreciate you big time. See when you're going to hang out with KT in hour number two. Megalocks, Chris Wierenski is going to join us. We're going to get into college football. The playoff rankings are out. KT saved the best for hour number two, of course. Talk about his USC Trojans. That'll be sitting at number four. Rob Rishi, always appreciate you big time. You got about 20 seconds to get in, whatever you need to get in, Rob. Hey, just uh, encourage people out there. uh, You hear about insurance from me every Tuesday. It's boring. You may not understand it. Give us a call or give your agent a call. Educate yourself. It's important. It's peace of mind, your home, your life, your auto, your health, etc. Great stuff from Rob Rishi, 193 East Warm Springs Road Suite, 101, right here in Vegas, 702-335-5744-335-5744. Mark Hoke has got us halfway home. We're coming right back. SportsX Radio rocking and rolling. Lots of college football coming up. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. 
Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Leverers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, hour number two, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Sports X Radio comes at you from the PSBR Law Studios Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Of course, Wednesday, KT 1750 North Buffalo, one of three Steiner's pubs in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Other two at 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South and 8410 West Cheyenne. Now in their 25th year, it is Steiner's Pub. Meet me down there tomorrow, say, by 7 o'clock. You meet me at my table by 7 o'clock. First two that come up to KT's table and say, I heard you last night say you were going to buy me a free appetizer. I will do just that. And the lamb chops, as Seawind knows, there's nothing better than those lamb chops at Steiner's Pub. So I will be there tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Chris Warinsky, a.k.a. Megalox, will join us in just a sec. We're going to talk some college Football big-time weekend and, of course, playoff weekend coming up. Not playoff, but I should say conference championship weekend coming up this weekend. Then you've got Army-Navy next week. And, of course, we get into uh, all the bowl games, but we will have our four playoff teams. We'll get into those rankings. Uh, They did not change too much, but they did change for sure with a couple big-time upsets. Clemson in double OT beat Penn State 101-94. to I thought about playing the under 132. Good thing I didn't. Would have got burned by those extra two sessions. Meanwhile, Missouri did win at Wichita State in OT, 88-84. They get the win. Did not get, let me see, yes, they did get the cover of the two and a half. Irvine still leads San Diego State. Nine seconds to go in regulation at the Vieja Center, 69-68. I'll follow that one for you. Virginia, as we told you, beat Michigan 70-68 to in Wake Forest. Beat Wisconsin 78-75. Iowa, Fran McCaffrey, he'll be on the show soon. Got to check in with Coach Mack. 81-65, they took care of Georgia Tech in a big game. And then, of course, Marquette, the big blowout surprise of the night with a 96-70 win over them Baylor Bears. And uh, number one, Houston, no problem with Norfolk State, 100-52. Kelvin Sampson's team on a roll. Right now, 4-1 to Vancouver, trailing at home to the Washington Capitals, 13-54 to go third period. And 7-5 to Seattle, leading the LA Kings, still 7-44 to go in the second period. It reminds me, Chris, win of back in the day when I coached Kiara's soccer team. And when they're young, when they're like four, five years old, you play with no goalie. That's the way this was. 
I mean, right there, I can't see the Kings or the Kraken playing with a goalie tonight. Seven to five, still seven forty-four to go, second period. Ken Thompson, this is a game that could absolutely—I'm not out of my mind—say could end thirteen to ten, something along those lines, which is rather extraordinary when you're talking about the NHL and you're talking about guys who are, you know, in the best league in the world from a goaltending standpoint. So, got to be tough on those guys between the pipes in a game like this, KT. There you go, and of course, coaching changes already being made as far as college football. We know UNLV Marcus Royal is out. But we always pay attention to things going on here in the Vegas Valley, like the Raiders, the Golden Knights, things like that, but also at the collegiate level. Love UNLV. At the end of the day, they started out 4-1, and one, finished 5-7, and seven, did hold on to the Fremont Cannon, which is big. But also, Mark Hoke, my producer Mark Hoke, he was a big-time volleyball coach. He loved coaching volleyball, especially the ladies' volleyball. And he told me, he says, KT, we need to bring this to the attention of the Vegas Valley here because it probably goes unnoted Unless you're, you know, maybe a relative or a fan of volleyball big time. But here in the Vegas Valley, some neat goings on. Mark Hoke, producer Mark, let me throw it to you for the uh, accolades here. Yeah, the Lady Rebels had a pretty darned good season, to say the least. 27-4 and this year. They went 17-1 and in the Mountain West. They unfortunately got beat in the semis of the Mountain West tournament. But they still get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. So Don Sullivan's going to be taking that squad to the NCAAs. They're going to be opening up against Washington State on Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Washington State seated seventh in that region, so a, a winnable match. And they could be facing off with San Diego, who was rated second in the nation in the polls, but ended up with a two seed. So, but a, a, that's pretty amazing. Ken, I, I coached a team that went 29 to 0 to start a season. And and actually, it ended up being thirty-one and zero. Going twenty-seven and four in volleyball is brutal, especially at that level, and uh, an incredible accomplishment for the Lady Rebels. And want to wish them all the best as they head to the NCAA tournament on Thursday. Outstanding stuff, producer Mark, bringing that to my attention here on SportsX Radio. We'll get with uh, Chris Warinsky in just a sec, but uh, again, C Win want to welcome you to the show and I know you've done some uh, hosting here for KT. Uh, beautiful new studios here, and and just. Lots going on in December, of course, a big-time month, uh, important month for the Raiders. We'll find out Sunday if they can get the month off to a good start, but the Golden Knights doing real nice things right now, and so it's really getting fun as far as paying attention to the NFL and focusing in on these bowl games that are coming up, but really uh, getting into the whole playoff system. Nobody to do it better with than the man north of the border, old Megalocks, Chris Warinsky. Absolutely, no question about it. Hey, KT, great to talk to you. Hey, great to have you there. And, you know, here's the thing, because I always say, here you are, the big-time college football guy north of the border. You would think in Ontario that you'd be all into the Maple Leafs and hockey. Not so much. And even, what about the Canadian national team? I know they made it to the World Cup, but have they been a disappointment to you? Because the way they came out and played early against Belgium, I thought they were going to maybe win that game. But I thought for sure they'd hang with Croatia, and they just got dismantled. So they're eliminated. They've got one more game tomorrow. But, I mean, was the nation into it much as far as the Canadian national team finally making it there to the World Cup? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of excitement. And I think, you know, the first game was very competitive. I'm not sure that Belgium maybe as, as good as we thought, but nonetheless, that was still a pretty, that was an impressive showing. As far as the Croatia game, they got off to the hot start, and frankly, they just don't have, it, I mean, I'm not a huge soccer slash football guy, right, but I mean, they, didn't, they just don't have the defenders to just to yes. the onslaught. Once mm-hmm. Croatia started to break them down, 
it was actually, I'm not going to say it was sad, but it was, you could just tell the quality, right? So I don't blame them for that, for that loss because Croatia, I mean, they made the final of the last World Cup, right? So um, I'm, I'm hoping they can, uh, you know, for the first time ever get a point, uh, get a result in the third game and go from there. There you go. And they'll take on Morocco. Croatia will play Belgium and Belgium in a must-win situation. But you're right, Modric, Perisic, those two guys for Croatia, a veteran squad. And you're right, they just kind of dissect it. Canada's defense and uh, tore him apart late in the game after Canada got that first goal uh, early on by Davies, who's a heck of a player. That young man has got a bright future, and good to see him lead that Canadian national team into the World Cup. Ken Thompson, Chris Wynn, Chris Warinsky, a.k.a. Megalox. We're going to talk college football. Producer Mark may chime in as well. Uh, by the way, FCS is down to the final eight, and old South Dakota State and North Dakota State, I believe they could meet in the finals. Real quick, Producer Mark, is that the way I looked at the bracket? Can that actually happen? Yes, it can, KAT. By the way, we're down to 16, by the way. We just had the first round. But, yes, they could be meeting in the championship game. Okay, so I must have looked at just one part of the bracket then. I must have, you know, because I looked at the four games that were coming up, like Holy Cross in New Hampshire, uh, North Dakota State. You guys are taking on... Uh, uh, we got Montana. Montana, yes. and that, So you're at home for that game, the higher seed. South Dakota State also uh, in action this week. So we'll get more into the FCS on the Friday Football Fiasco with Brad Powers and producer Mark will chime in and we'll get into that. We'll get into the playoff. We'll get into the bowl games. We'll do all that stuff, but really going to focus in on the playoff. And Megalox, let's start with you because the rankings are out. No surprise that USC got into the top four, at least to anybody that had half a brain, only because Ohio State got crushed in the second half in Columbus. Had that, say, been a one- or two-point game with Michigan and they lost, then maybe there's a chance still, with the Buckeyes only having one loss, USC having one loss, that maybe the Buckeyes still get those votes to stay in front of USC until SC takes care of business in the Pac-12 championship, which they still have to do right here in Vegas Friday night. They've got to beat the Utah Utes. That was their one loss at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake. They lost it 43-42. They led that game most of the way. But a late two-point conversion gave Coach Witt and Utah the win, and USC saddled with their only loss of the season. So they have a chance to avenge that. They sit at number four. Georgia's still at number one. Michigan at two. And TCU number three. Megalox, let's start with you. First off, your take on Georgia. They're number one. They haven't lost in a couple years. They're an outstanding team. Stetson Bennett doesn't get a lot of credit. Defense is pretty good. But at the end of the day, there's just, to me, they're still vulnerable. Like, I mean, they're undefeated, but I could still see this team losing. Now, I don't think they lose to LSU. I was right on. The first thing I said, Friday football fiasco, take Texas A&M on the money line. Take them. They're going to beat LSU. I was right there. I said, take South Carolina, sprinkle a little on the money line. Wasn't sure, but figured they'd cover the 14 and a half at Death Valley. They end up beating Clemson because I wanted to see if Spencer Rattler could prove that he was real. I mean, they had the big-time game against Tennessee. That was at home. But to go on the road, stay inside the Palmetto State, and get the win, that was huge. Had a big-time second half in the victory over Clemson. And then TCU was another one I had with Brad Powers. Brad loved Iowa State in that defense. They got shredded big-time. And then Oregon State, they should be arrested for stealing because they stole the Civil War against Oregon. But they got it done in Corvallis. Reflect back a little bit there, Megalox, over a wild weekend of college football. 
Well, my, my my biggest take takeaway, I guess, right now is that I, I like the, the playoff the way it's set now. I like the I like the four teams, and I, I guess I'm just a little bit disappointed in that this is maybe the first time in a while that I don't see any kind of worthy teams, if you want to call it that, like bubbling below the surface. Like after seeing Ohio State, that was so disappointing. I mean, and then you just start going Alabama and Tennessee without Hooker. I mean, I mean it's just you just start to go down the list, and I I don't really see any super intriguing teams that can kind of pop into the top four. So. Outside of cheering for USC, I just think it would just make for a more interesting playoff if they if they get in. They just got to hopefully can punch the ticket this weekend. Um, and as far as Georgia goes, uh, they still look beatable. I mean, I, I don't. They're turning the ball over too much. Not necessarily last game. Um, they have too many sort of dead quarters or you know quarter and a half where they just do nothing. And so after seeing Michigan against Ohio State. I know it's only one game, but I, I think Michigan could eventually give Georgia more of a game than I would have thought two or three weeks ago. I agree with Michigan being head and shoulders above what I thought they would be in that game at the Horseshoe, Chris Wynn. I'll be the first to say, hey, I lost on Ohio State. I even teased Ohio State to get them down to a point and a half. I know you shouldn't tease college football, but I figured I don't want to lay seven and a half. I'll lay one and a half and put it with something else. But, you know, sometimes you get your butts kicked as far as, you know, not only on the field, but as far as in the wagering room. Well, I lost some pretty good coin on Ohio State, but made it back on those money lines, especially that money line parlay with South Carolina and uh, Texas A&M. That paid handsomely. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I was not impressed with Ohio State. Here they are at home. Again, both these teams, what irritates me about both Michigan and Ohio State, nothing against the Big Ten, but that both of those teams played eight home games and four games on the road. Nobody else in the top 20 did that. I mean, it's a discrepancy that needs to be stopped. You need to, there's got to be some type of rule that you can only maybe buy one game and help some out that maybe needs several million dollars but at the end of the day when you start buying two games and all of a sudden that schedule is not on an equal playing field to where you have six home games and six road games and I understand sometimes you might have six five and a neutral field game that's okay but at the end of the day when you're going eight home games and four road games that is not cool especially when you start your first five at home or your first four at home in the case of Ohio State and Michigan because then you're able to get a lot of those young freshman recruits that come in you're able to see them how they are how they could pan out because you're going to have four or five games at home where you can have the increased roster and start seeing some of these players how they're going to pan out later on in the season so by the time they go on the road they've already had plenty of experience and plenty of action I think that's a major advantage you hear me get on Alabama for playing an FCS team week 11 while I'm getting on the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan for playing eight home games, four road games. Do not think it's fair when a lot of the other teams are playing six and six. See when reflect back on TCU, how impressive were they to dismantle a solid Iowa State defense. They wasted no time and Sonny Dykes to me running the table regular season, this guy's up there for coach of the year big time. Yeah, no question about it. It is impressive to say the least to see uh, you know Hodges, Tomlinson, Dugan, and uh, uh, and that TCU, you know, l- looking forward now to that Big 12 championship game after uh, putting up, what, t- 28 points there in the second half after, a, you know, a 34-point explosion in the first half. This is a Horn Frogs team that offensively is going to cause a lot of problems. But I have to ask Chris, as well as UKT, this has been talked about the next round. A big part of the narrative is they're calling it the bonus round for a lot of teams, right? Those top four teams getting a chance, some of them, to play an extra game and other teams not playing. Obviously, you mentioned Alabama, of course, one of 
of those teams not. Chris, your thoughts regarding TCU, obviously, the matchup against Kansas State, because I've heard some national talking heads, some, you know, some experts out there saying that TCU could even lose this game in a close tilt and still find their way in the Final Four and a chance at a, at, at a, at a playoff if they, even if they come up short in that Big 12 championship game. Well, I mean, sadly, I might actually have to agree with those talking heads. Um, I've been impressed with TCU all year, and I know there's a lot of people that just keep saying, oh, wait, Megalux, they're going to lose this week. Oh, they're lucky. They're going to lose this week. Well, they're 12-0. and I think as long as they don't get blown out by uh, Kansas State, which I don't see that happening. I mean, it's going to be, a, I think it'll be a very competitive game. I, I Frankly, and to my comment from earlier, I don't see too many teams bubbling below the surface. So, yeah, I, I think as long as they don't get blown out, I think they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Reason being is, again, it's only 10 teams in the Big 12. You play everybody once, and there's no real doormat. I mean, I know West Virginia was down, but you go to Morgantown like they did, you get a 41-31 win there. That's still a win at a very hostile environment. West Virginia's still good enough to beat you when they had JT Daniels, and then when they even made the quarterback switch, they are a team that can take you out when you come to their house. Uh, winning at Texas, that was the most impressive. And it ends up 17-10, but it's a 17-3 game, and Max Duggan is big time. He's a guy that really digs in, and again, I said last week, I want that guy in my foxhole. Why? Because he'll do whatever it takes, including what he did in the one-point win at Baylor to take care of business and set up the Horn Frogs for that last second field goal. Yes, you got to win one of those. You go unbeaten, you're going to win one of those games where you look back and go, yeah, we could have lost that game. Reflecting back, uh, Megalox, as far as Ohio State, Michigan, I mean, there's not anybody really that I can tell you that I know that had Michigan outside of my buddy Kenny Kelly. He had Michigan plus the points, but I don't think anybody I know outside of maybe some maize and blue backer that maybe had Michigan on the money line because they were going to the horseshoe. They took out Ohio State last year. This Buckeye offense was a juggernaut, especially on their home field. There were just so many weapons. They had the Heisman front runner and C.J. Stroud, their quarterback. Lo and behold, they start out pretty good, but that second Second half, all Michigan, and with a guy that they had up for the uh, Heisman, you know, award as far as in the conversation, Blake Corum being banged up in the prior game at home against Illinois. All of a sudden, people are looking. Not will Ohio State win, but how much will they win by? And that's why that line kept going up from seven and a half to eight, eight and a half, closed at nine and a half, several places here in the Vegas Valley. And it was Michigan that really took it to Ohio State. I was so impressed with the Wolverines and Coach Harbaugh, what he did to get that team prepared to go into that environment and come away with not just a victory, a hostile victory, I mean, a, a victory in a hostile environment, but a dominating victory. See, win, reflect on that. Oh, no question. Michigan, This there was a lot of reasons why this was impressive for the maize and blue, Chris and KT. First of all, you get career performances, right, from J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards. And what? how do you win football games against highly ranked or top teams on the road? You do it by not turning the football over, right? That's exactly what J.J. McCarthy did in this Michigan offense, despite the fact that Blake Corum, you know, who's been a big-time 
bad factor for them all season long. Wasn't even able to play in this football game hardly. They, they didn't really need him, and they were still able to win this football game. J.J. McCarthy, as far as the signal caller, I don't think he had a pass over 40-something yards all season long. Ended up with, what, three touchdown passes over 45 yards in this game. So as you pointed out, KT, earlier, Michigan has not been able to beat Ohio State a whole heck of a lot the last 10 years. In fact, eight straight losses before the win last year, and uh, the first time they're able to win at the Horseshoe since 2000. So this is a Michigan team going with all kinds of momentum, if you believe in momentum, into the into the college football playoff and into the Big Ten championship game. And it was uh, it was super impressive to see what Michigan was able to do, particularly in the second half against that Buckeye squad. And Megalox, that's the reason why Ohio State, even though they sit at number five, to me, the only way they get in is if TCU gets blown out in the Big 12 championship game or USC loses. A USC loss, Ohio State will get in. But USC has a chance to avenge their only loss of the season, that one-point loss at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City right here at Allegiant Stadium. But reflect on Ohio State-Michigan, Chris Wierenski, watching the second half of that game. And every time you thought Ohio State, all right, when they get the ball this time, they're going to score. Now they're going to get back. Now they're going to get things under control. But it was Michigan that had back-to-back-to-back answers big time open that game up. I was impressed. Yeah, well, I'm going to echo a lot of what uh, Chris said, but when I did the autopsy, so to speak, of that game, because uh, I thought Ohio State was going to win, um, really it was the – I think we just need to start to consider that like 28-3 to in the second half, at some point we have to start asking questions about the Ohio State coaching. Um, and so I know that's kind of not a not something a lot of people want to talk about, but that's it's pretty obvious to me that I, I just didn't think they'd be able to dominate like that in the second half because in the first half it was all Ohio State, um, at least from a first down and total yardage or a first down perspective. And the other thing that st- stood out to me is I didn't think Michigan would be that great in the secondary in terms of sticking to the receivers, and they were phenomenal. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he wasn't really getting pressured that much, and there was really nobody open. And then they, they had a couple of big plays, but – um, so I think the coaching is the one thing that, that I was really surprised at uh, as, as far as Michigan in the second half. And again, I, I, I thought their secondary played a lot better than I thought they were going to. No doubt about it. And I was impressed as well. And maybe all those home games, all that home cooking, maybe you got to start looking at maybe playing some tougher competition somewhere along the line. Uh, maybe one of these highfalutin offenses to get ready so that when you're in a big time game that your team at least has experience. Because when you look at Ohio State and what they did during the regular season, there wasn't really anybody that gave them a lot of trouble. But there was cause of, for concern for me, even though the, the conditions were bad, they were bad for both teams. But the way that Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald having one of his tougher years, in fact, several firings of uh, coordinators uh, went down today there in Evanston, but they hung right with Ohio State. I mean, that was a tie game, basically, you know, late third quarter, and Ohio State ends up winning the game 21-7. But that was just a little cause for concern when I watched it. I go, gosh, if that Ohio State team ever shows up, and I know there were 40, 50, 60 mile an hour gusts in Evanston, and, and people are saying that's why Stroud, you know, had more rushing yards than he had passing yards. I get it. But it's still, to me, if Ohio State was that dominant and both teams have to run the ball and they've got these great Travion Henderson and all these great backs and that great offensive line, they should have really put it to Northwestern. They know that they had no room for error and they couldn't lose in Evanston, and they were fortunate to win that game. That's how sluggish they looked, and that's when I first thought there was cause for concern. 
Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, and even you could say that uh, the same thing, I guess you could say would hold true with Michigan the week before against Illinois, because they were kind of life and death to scrape past uh, Illinois. Uh, mind you, they're a much better team than Northwestern. But yeah, it, it's really an inter- interesting season, Ken, because every single team, like there isn't a super team this year, right? Like every single team looks vulnerable. Um, so I don't, I don't know. This doesn't, this may be the year, hopefully knock on wood that we actually have two competitive semifinal games. All right. And we'll talk about another one of those potential entries, the new kid on the block, so to speak in the top four. We'll talk about USC, their victory over Notre Dame. I'll have Chris Wynn weigh in on that when we come back. SportsX radio coming at you Monday through Friday, right here, eight to 10. We'll keep things going. We're live from Vegas. Mark Hoke will be spinning some more hits when we come back. Keep it right here. Coming right back live from Vegas. You are listening to SportsX Radio. We are back on a Fat Tuesday. Producer Mark jamming some good, solid guitar solo stuff. That almost sounded like a relative. That sounded like a little black label, a little Zach Wild. little Zach Wild, man. By the way, uh, brother-in-law Zach will be uh, playing there uh, with – he'll be doing that tri- tribute to Pantera. He was, of course, really good friends with Dimebag Daryl. Vinny Paul, of course, I knew Vinny. Vinny lived here in the Vegas Valley, and uh, Zach will be going on tour. Metallica will be the headliner, and uh, trying to remember who else is there. It's uh, another really good metal band, and uh, that'll start up on February. I'm going to try and get Zach on prior to that show, and uh, we will see if we can't somehow, you know, maybe get some tickets somehow down the line and uh, see if we can't give some away right here on SportsX Radio. As we rock and roll through college football, Megalox, Chris Wierenski joining us north of the border. Chris Wynn, see win, baby, in studio. And, of course, producer Mark Hoke, uh, host of the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here, live from Vegas. And, of course, if you like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. We're talking college football and see win. All this great money that I made on Saturday with South Carolina and then Texas A&M taking care of business. Uh, Texas A&M kicking off right before against LSU, before the biggest game of the day for me. My wife knew it's time for me to leave the house because I know my husband could blow a gasket at any time. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm already, you know, just in case Notre Dame beats them. Look, if they don't beat Notre Dame, they don't deserve it. And then it's a good thing she did leave because there were words I didn't even know that I knew that came out of my brain. And uh, next thing you know, SC ends up holding on. But it was one for the ages. And I will say this. When Notre Dame was right there, I said at the end of the game, I said, come on, SC, do what you've done all year. Come up with the big interception. Chris, I promise you, both Chris W's, Chris Wierenski, Chris <laughs> Wynn, that the next play, SC got that final interception, the nail in the coffin for Notre Dame. The only thing that really ticked me off about Notre Dame, too, when they got their last touchdown to Mark Mayer, I know it's stupid to, to tease college football, but I did. I teased Notre Dame up to 10.5. I couldn't help it. I had a four-team teaser. The other three were in. Notre Dame scores, so they're going to kick the extra point to lose by 10. I go, I got it. By 
They go for two. What? What is it? So what? You're gonna go, you're gonna cut it from eleven to nine. What analytics is that? I don't get it. Explain <laughs> it to me, because I must have failed math. I thought I was pretty good at math back in the day. But they go for two with a minute two to go to cut the lead from eleven to nine. They don't get it. So now all of a sudden you still have eleven. What happens if you got a touchdown? extra point and then you're set up there to tie the game with a 60 yard field goal at the end no you can't do it because you missed a two-point conversion so now you forced yourself to get two after that touchdown eventually anyway it just made no sense to me but it is what it is cw uh chris warinsky megalox and uh chris win see when they'll reflect on usc because caleb williams not only showed that usc could be a team that could be in the playoff if they take care of business against utah and we'll get into the utes in a second but caleb williams that game, I saw more moves that looked like, oh my goodness, I, I don't even know what it looked like. The you know John Travolta on steroids back in the in the uh, in the disco days, man. I mean that's how many moves we saw from Caleb Williams, and he did that little Heisman pose there just before the half there when he had a big time move. But this guy is so elusive, so much fun to watch. And you know what? If SC beats Utah, I expect Caleb Williams to win the Heisman Trophy. Chris Wynn weigh in on that performance because they got it done against Notre Dame, and a lot of people thought they wouldn't. Yeah, no, no question. It was impressive as all get out to see what Williams was able to do out there with by polishing his Heisman credentials, is the way I'll describe it. With uh, you know the over 230 yards passing and the four total touchdowns, and uh, you, you look, I I felt uh, right, right early on, right when when he had Todd Washington caught that early touchdown pass, I thought that uh, it was going to be a good day for. For the Trojan faithful out there, and I figured Ken Thompson was going to have a smile on his face, Magalox, after this tilt. But uh, no question, it's big time, right? Because the Trojans—they what it was a four-game losing streak to Notre Dame. Uh, you know, one of their hated rivals. Notre Dame's got a number of them, but uh, obviously, uh, excuse me, uh, USC has a number of them. But uh, it's always big for the Trojans to be able to knock off the Fighting Irish, especially Magalox, when something is on the line, as it was this past weekend for USC. Absolutely, and yeah, and I, I can't lie. I was pretty happy. Uh, I was thinking about KT, uh, and uh, quite happy they pulled it off. And frankly, I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I just wasn't stressed about it as obviously as uh, other people were. But I never got the sense that they were in trouble. And as far as Caleb Williams, I mean that that's one of the things when people say talk about the turnover margin and how it's going to regress and they're going to be minus four that next game. It's, you have to consider when it comes to turnover margin that Caleb Williams has only thrown three interceptions all year. So, I mean, he just doesn't make mistakes. And that's one of the things you have to think about uh, with the turnover margin. And uh, USC, they're very opportunistic in the secondary. Um, They get a lot of pressure on opposing QB. So a lot of that stuff just adds up to having good turnover luck. Uh, And they're very well coached. So, I mean, I'm I'm really excited. I just uh, I'm more excited than I've been in a while about USC football. So I'm just hoping they don't let me down on Saturday. Yeah, uh, you and me August both. Friday. No, Friday. Yes, Friday, right here in the Vegas Valley. Uh, yep. Kalen Bullock has five interceptions. USC as a team has 19 interceptions, and of course, you talked about the three that Caleb Williams has thrown. So 19 to three, a plus 16 as far as interceptions. They are plus 20. Four, I believe, as far as on on total turnovers. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. They have actually plus 22. They have taken the ball away 26 times. They've given it up four times. So only one lost fumble on the entire year, Chris. And KT and and Chris, this is the first uh, team, a college football team against USC this year that has uh, been able to gain 400 yards total offense and also score more than 32 points. So pretty impressive offensive performance for USC to be able to do this against a quality fighting Irish defensive squad. 
Absolutely, yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, they've they've shown it all year. I mean, they're they're a good team. I mean, look what they did to Clemson. They hung with Ohio State. I mean, Notre Dame's a legit team. So, I mean, I think uh, I think I mentioned it last week. We kind of talked about teams uh, peaking and playing their best football. There. I mean, who else other than USC right now is, is you can say is peaking? I mean, TCU has just been a consistent machine, right? Kind of winning the same way every week. But um, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, there's no guarantees, obviously, but they're certainly giving themselves a great chance uh, this uh, this Friday night. Yeah, and what Caleb Williams did was spread the ball around. So you know you have the big-time receivers in Jordan Addison and Mario Williams. They had seven receptions between them, but only for 82 yards, and neither one of them got in the end zone. Chris talked about Taj Washington getting that first touchdown, 18-yard touchdown reception. They have Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice. He only had one reception for 25 yards, League Brown, two for 24, but Austin Jones has been the man. One reception for 16 yards, but on the ground, the transfer from Stanford, the grad transfer, 25 carries, 154 yards. That is two successive games now with Travis Dye out of the lineup that Jones has stepped up, but he stepped up bigger than ever before on the biggest stage this past week against Notre Dame with those 154 yards and then the 16 receiving yards. So 170 combined yards for Austin Jones. Very special game. Uh, hats off to Drew Pine. You're right. He played big for Notre Dame. He threw for 318, three touchdowns, one big interception that hurt. Uh, and USC outgained Notre Dame on the ground. And the Irish pretty good on the ground year in, year out. But 204 to 90, USC a big time edge there in rushing and they come away with the 38 27 victory see win we've got a big time game go ahead you wanted to duck in before i uh... yeah i was just gonna mention that it was a key spot right uh there uh just kick off the second half where you had pine fumbling there in usc territory on the first drive after halftime and then of course williams leads him down for that 75 four yard drive where you had relic brown with that you know untouched touchdown run basically that gives him the 24 7 lead and and uh you know the trojans never look back after that there you go so some great stuff college football wise uh guys got a few minutes to duck in clemson at home keeping their hopes alive with just the one loss going into the acc championship game but they had one game before that and that was the palmetto bowl against south carolina and it looked like spencer rattler was going to be rattled on the road in death valley but chris uh wernski c uh cw uh megalox i i gotta say i was very impressed with Rattler after he made a turnover, a poor play, came right back and had a great late third, fourth quarter, and South Carolina comes away with the outright one-point victory. Special teams coming up big on a punt return, causing a fumble and jumping on it to end the game right there in Death Valley and stunned Clemson supporters. That's usually the way Clemson wins those uh, close games is what I was thinking. It was unfortunate because I really like Antonio Williams. The fumble on the punt return was just a killer, but that's somehow how Clemson sneaks out some of those uh, close wins at home. But as far as Spencer Rattler too, I mean, really was he was really not good the entire season. Then he, you know, he threw for 360 yards last week, 438 the week before. So, uh, yeah, quite a turn of events the last couple of weeks for him. And uh, as far as this week, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of this game because North Carolina is just that the last three games they have not looked good at all. So Clemson is just a more buttoned-up team, and I, tr- I just trust them more in a big game. And I still think uh, Dabo can get them uh, motivated to play. Yeah, Megalox and KT, how about these Gamecock squad? They knock off the Vols 63-38 the week before, a top-10 team, and then they just back it up with a victory in this one against their rival Clemson. Clemson, who they haven't beaten in almost a decade, right? Nine years. That's totally sick. 
It's totally crazy. So you got to be impressed with what South Carolina was able to do, especially on the road in this one. And uh, rallying, what, from 14-point deficit, you know, after 10 minutes in this one to beat Clemson for the first time since 2013. Yeah, great stuff. And then I've got to go to the one prediction that I made at the top of the show on the Friday-Thursday football fiasco's Thursday, Friday, because we did a combined show, and Brad Powers thought I was nuts. But I said, right out of the gate, Take Texas A&M on the money line. They will beat LSU. And I just felt that big time because Texas A&M had nothing else to play for. But College Station, to me, is still going to be sold out. So Rob Rishi was in here in hour number one. He's a big St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. I remember about eight years ago, I was watching the last game of the regular season. It was on TBS. And I'm like, why do they have the Cardinals on, man? They're, they're, they're out of it. They're not even making the playoffs. Why would they be on the last Sunday baseball game? But I was like, and all of a sudden I looked, and the game was at St. Louis, and there wasn't an open seat. And everybody's in their red. I'm like, wait, the, the, the team's out of the playoffs, but yet these fans are there. Well, that's the way the Texas A&M backers are at College Station. And that's what I felt. They're not going to a bowl game. It's evident. It's been like that. But they got back. A-Chain, their running back, and Stewart, the receiver. And I said, you know what? Wegman's done a nice job, good enough, serviceable enough. The freshmen that are now sophomores are going to come up with a big game. And LSU's got to be ready because if they're not ready, it doesn't matter if they lose this game as far as getting to the SEC title game. We know they're there. But if they're overlooking A&M, they're going to get beat, and they're going to take themselves out of national playoff competition. It's exactly what they did. Hats off to A&M because they let LSU come back and tie the game at 17, but then A&M went ahead 24-17 and put it away, went up big time and won at 38-23. Hey, Mega, I'll tell you what, that was, that was one of those calls. I had two really good calls the last two weeks, South Carolina over Tennessee, and this one, A&M over LSU. And as good as Jaden Daniels had been, that second half was one of the more miserable halves, and he got banged up, and that's when I, I felt like uh, it's all over. LSU's going down. And I respected Brian Kelly. It was the only thing that I worried a little bit because he's a big-time coach as far as getting his team ready for big-time games. But i got to give Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M a lot of kudos because they came to play. Yeah, well, did you? I, I, I assume you got the links of the uh, money counters that I, I sent you. you. You're gonna have to need. You're gonna have at least. <laughs> you're gonna have a need to get some serious money counting machine after those picks you made last week. I had a uh, and M for a, a bet plus ten, but I uh, I didn't have them on the money line. I substituted in uh, Boston College, which looked good for a while, uh, and then they fizzled in, in the fourth quarter. But yeah, you were bang on about that, and uh, it was kind of a shame to see LSU kind of fizzle like that, but. Um, and even more so to have uh, Jaden Daniels get banged up because they literally have like zero chance if he's if he can't really if he can't move around then they're in big trouble obviously. Yeah, Megalox KT mentioned it. That twenty four seventeen lead was huge right there on the you know mid mid third quarter. You get that fumble return for a touchdown from Richardson, and then they back it up with you know basically the first play of the fourth quarter where you get that Muhammad touchdown catch and the you know the fourteen point lead, and then it's you know it's back against the wall time for LSU. So uh, now <laughs> hey. What do you get? What do you get next week? Well, you get a matchup Uh-oh. against uh, Georgia, right, Megalox? Where uh, you're a 17 point dog at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, real t- kind of tough sledding for LSU Tiger faithful out there. Yeah, it is just a shame. And like I said, I hope they have a healthy quarterback going into that one. Because if they don't, I mean, just just see Daniels back there being a pocket passer and not being able to move around. I just don't see good things. And it's unfortunate because I always love the SEC championship game. It's one of my favorite sporting events of the year. Uh, and so I'm just 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of a little down on that because I'm not that LSU would beat the, uh, beat Georgia with a healthy Daniels, but at least it would make a competitive game. I agree, and you just never know with Daniels. It's good enough to get the win against Alabama earlier in the year, and the Crimson yep. Tide sitting at number six in the college football rankings. So with Ohio State ahead of them and they being idle as well, there would have to be two teams. To lose, and those two teams would have to both be numbers three and numbers four. Would have to be TCU really getting blown out by Kansas State in the Big Twelve game, and USC losing any type of way to Utah is really the only way that Alabama and Ohio State can sneak up in there. But I don't see TCU dropping unless they lost somewhere in the neighborhoods of twenty to thirty points, somewhere in that. Uh, vicinity, uh, but I don't think that'll happen with Sonny Dykes Club. But we'll talk about those games when we come back. Final segment, SportsX Radio. I've got Chris Wynn. I've got Chris Warinsky, a.k.a. Megalox. I've got producer Mark Hoke. We're going to finish up SportsX Radio here on a Fat Tuesday, live from Vegas. Keep it right here. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back. Better stand right up. You're listening to SportsX Radio right here live from Vegas. Little Rev Theory coming back. Little Hell Yeah, Mark Hoke spinning the hits. Producer Mark doing a great job, as he always does. Chris Wynn stepping his game up. My goodness, who would have thunk it? C. Wynn. I mean, this is big time for you, C. Wynn, really stepping up. This may be your best show ever on SportsX Radio. Hey, I'm just trying to keep it going. You know, I'm in these swanky new digs here, with his, which is impressive as all get out. I got I to gotta step my game up as well, too, right? Well, you could have stepped your game up uh, kind of like the Clippers in the fourth quarter against Portland. Lo and behold, they were down, what, 14-15, come back and beat them, C. Wynn? It was unbelievable. There was something like 36-17, to 17, the outscore the Blazers in the fourth quarter. It gives uh, a lot of headaches and a lot of stomach aches to a lot of NBA betters out there who are looking at the Blazers minus the 4KT and Megalox and see that uh, the clip joint just go nuts there in the final stanza. All right, Megalox, here we go. Utah is going to be playing USC right here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. SC's favored by three. I'm going to go rapid fire with UNC win because we've got about six, seven minutes. But before that, I want to get your take on how the Pac-12 ended up with this scenario with USC facing Utah because Utah needed a lot of help. Their one win against the USC, uh, 43-42, that's SC's only loss. But they still needed help because they lost at Oregon. They lost at UCLA. So they needed help. They needed Washington to beat Wazoo. They needed Oregon State to beat Oregon. And they needed UCLA to beat Cal. And the reason they did uh, is because it kind of came in there with strength of teams that uh, you didn't play head-to-head or may have lost to head-to-head. And they edged out Oregon that way in the three-way tie with Washington and Oregon and whatever, And but Utah ends up getting there. Coach Witt had no idea. They crushed Colorado 63-21, but really, I'm impressed with Jaquindon Jackson. Here's a freshman. He and Jalen Glover, they had four touchdowns between them, 180 
nine yards between them. And these are the heir apparent to Tavion Thomas and Micah Bernard. Now, Tavion Thomas did not play the leading rusher. He had played the game before, but he missed the two before that because he was in the doghouse with Coach Witt. Don't know the details. I'll talk to Bill Riley, the voice of Utah. Micah Bernard had 91 and a touchdown. But Jackson and Glover, the freshmen, the heir apparents, they could be right there. And uh, they could get a lot of action in Friday's game. Real quick, Megalox, break it down. Utah-USC right here in Vegas. It's a Utah team that we know is well coached. But, my goodness, they've got some serious depth in that backfield. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's nothing against uh, Utah. I mean, there's, they're, they're this fantastic program, obviously. And uh, from a betting perspective, there's not too many teams that have been um, kinder to, to betters than than Utah, I think uh, I, I still we talked a lot about USC. I think they're uh, they're peaking, and I just think that if you look at Cam Rising, uh, he's been a little he's just more inconsistent, and he's got a sixteen to one uh, touchdown interception ratio at home, six six uh, when he's not playing at home. I think that's going to be a difference. I just think as they trade punches and trade paint going back and forth, I just think USC is going to force a few more mistakes, and I just think Williams is just going to outplay uh, Cam Rising. All right, so you've got USC minus the three. I've got you down. Yep. C win? Uh, Trojans flex their muscle. They cover that three. I'm a little bit surprised, actually. It's only three because I think uh, they're the better football team. As long as they're able to uh, slow down offensively, what Utah was able to do, particularly on the ground, as you pointed out, with uh, Jackson just basically coming on the scene that we didn't even expect at all. If they're able to uh, defensively uh, play well, I think USC is going to be just fine. All right, remember Dalton Kincaid, the Vegas kid from Faith Lutheran. Mm-hmm. He is solid. He will have a lot of fans there. Utah will travel well. SC will travel well. Should be a heck of a game Friday right here in Las Vegas. Guys, we're just going to have to get no analogy, but just I want to get you guys on record. North Texas, Texas San Antonio, Conference USA Championship. Uh, Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio, minus 8.5, 68.5. Very fortunate to beat UTEP in their finale, but they came back from 17 down and did so. Who do you like in this one? See win right now. Roadrunners, minus 8.5, 68.5. Half. UTSA got the scare, but I think they're going to handle their business against North Texas and the Mean Green. Uh, I'll uh, lay the eight and a half. Mega? UTSA. All right, so both guys on that. Mac, Mid-American, uh, let me go to the championship. Don't want to be deceived by that Akron-Buffalo game. That's a makeup game from the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, move on down. It's Toledo and Ohio. Toledo, who's been struggling of late because Daquan Finn has been banged up. They're minus one and a half at Ford Field. Chris, your neck of the woods, uh, see win. Who do you like? Ohio U. Uh, Rourke has been solid. Uh, he's been, he was banged up, and Harris stepped up nicely. Uh, Toledo, minus one and a half. Because of the injury concerns regarding the Rockets, I'm going to probably lean towards the Bobcats in this one. I think Ohio uh, takes that. What about it, uh, Mega? Yeah, I'm going to keep riding with the Bobcats. Got to do it. I, I, as a, a quick side note, I'd like to see him get it done. Frank Solich couldn't get it done after well, he was there for, what, over two decades. So I'm hoping that they can pull it off. There you go. And my uh, nephew, of course, graduating Ohio U right there in Athens. Uh, big one there, TCU. Going to try and take care of business right there in Arlington at AT&T. It's going to be a big-time purple crowd because both teams wear purple. Kansas State playing great football. Coach Kleeman doing a great job. TCU minus 2.5, 62-year total. Megalox, I'll start with you. TCU, but this is the one game for sure I know, I know I'm not going to be betting on. It's just too close to call, but I'd have to take the Horn Frogs. All right, Chris, real quick. Yeah, put me on the spot. I'm going to absolutely lean towards the Horn Frogs in this one. I think uh, uh, Duggan has a big game. Okay, got a minute, guys. Central Florida, Tulane. So, uh, Tulane minus three and a half. See when? UCF. Mega? Tulane. Tulane. LSU, Georgia. 18 now at the Westgate. Georgia favorite. See when? 
I'm going rolling with the Tigers here to cover that seven, that uh, two touchdowns and a field goal. All right. What about it, Mega? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, Georgia if I had to. All right. And Boise State minus three and a half on the blue turf, 54 and a half against Fresno Seawin. Absolutely Boise State. Boise's my favorite pick. Yep. Boise's your favorite pick. North Carolina, Clemson, yep. Clemson minus seven and a half. Seawin. Tigers bounce back and cover that touchdown in the hook. What about it? Mega? Yeah, I agree. All I right. agree. And last one, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan minus 17. Mega? Michigan. Little dicey because coming off that big win, uh, I'd probably go Wolverines. Yeah. Lay the 17 or 16 and a half. Yeah, boy, a Sparty going with Michigan. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is up. tough. It is. Yeah, I know. You got you to gotta do it. I got, All right. I got my green and white over here, Mega Locks, and I'm still so, I'm sweating that pick out. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I did I did miss Coastal Carolina and Troy in the Sun Belt. Troy minus eight, see win. I'll go with Troy. Yeah, Mega? I like Troy as well. I All like right, Troy guys. as well, unless McCall somehow gets into the game. There you go. Great stuff. Outstanding. As always, Megalox, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Sounds awesome. Great to talk to you guys. Have a good C- week, Megalox. See, Win, appreciate you big time, my man, and I uh, hope to have you in studio. I know you'll be hosting some shows in December for KT, as you always do, but always great to have you in studio. Love it, KT. Always good to join the SportsX Radio team. Mark, KT, thanks a lot. Producer Mark Hoke, he'll be part of the Friday football fiasco. We'll get into the FCA uh, FCS playoffs, including his North Dakota State Bison. Brad Powers will be with me Friday as well. That's going to do it for us on a Fat Tuesday tomorrow night, live at Steiner's Pub, SportsX Radio, live from Vegas. Folks, thanks for tuning in. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Love you, folks. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.